Welcome to the Kentucky Conservation Conversation, an outreach of the Jefferson County Soil and Water Conservation District. Find out more about us at jeffcd.org, including the schedule of our monthly meetings and events, which are open to the public. Hello, Jefferson County. This week, we had scheduled a conversation with Kurt about soil, but there was an incident between Kurt's cell phone and his mower. So that didn't happen. Fortunately, Lilius Pettit-Scott, our urban agriculture specialist, was kind enough to push her interview forward. So this week we'll hear from her about her job and what we offer the community through her capacity. My name is Lilius Pettit-Scott and I am the urban agriculture specialist for the Jefferson County Soil and Water Conservation District. Um, what does your job entail for us at the district? So the work that I do for the district focuses on engaging home and community gardeners as well as urban farmers and specifically working with them um, to to better understand their soil and water resources um, in order to manage them in a more in a regenerative agriculture um, practice and and a a more uh, sustainable way how did how did you come to get into this kind of work has gardening and growing always been a thing for you or did was there just like a moment where you're like hey i can i can do this for a living sure so i guess i'll start by saying um i was born in small town in Iowa but not um not into a family that um that were farmers um but I spent a lot of time with friends when I was younger at their farms and always felt like that's where I belonged um and as a child I was really connect I really felt connected to the outdoors as well uh my family even though we, they weren't farmers, we spent a lot of time outdoors. I was totally that kid that grew up where my mom would like kick us out, shut the door, tell us to come back when it was getting dark for dinner. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, you know, I grew up um, with my imagination and sticks and, <laughs> and, and all the fun that you could do when you were outside. Um, so uh, I've always been just drawn to the outdoors in general, and, and I've always felt very comfortable out there. Um, but when I was, when I, after I graduated from college, I moved to San Francisco um, and was really interested. My goal was to go there and study international relations, and I wanted to um, work with nonprofits. And I was um, doing um, actually photojournalism work. And when I, when I went there, I got an internship with an environmental organization that supported over like a hundred small, very small nonprofits through fiscal sponsorship. And so I got connected to all of these incredible people that were doing environmental work and a, and a big chunk of those folks were working, um, to working on food justice issues as well as, um, issues around just improving the food system. And so I started to learn more about, you know, what was going on in our food system and, um, and started volunteering for uh, some of the urban agriculture focused organizations in the city. 
and and really felt like I'd found my people. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so as as I um, continued to volunteer, I decided that what I really wanted to do was to learn more about farming and cultivating food and growing food. And I did a couple um, apprenticeships uh, at urban farms as well as rural farms in Northern California. And when I moved to Louisville, Kentucky, uh, a little over six years ago, my goal, I was really interested in starting my own urban farming project. Um, I really wanted, I was very excited um, that there was work being done in this community that was focused on urban agriculture and food justice. And I really wanted to, um, to create a space where people could get reconnected to agriculture um, and in a way that could help them to get reconnected to, to support their local farmers in kind of that kind of full circle way. So I didn't end up starting my own um, urban farm, but I, um, I started working for Louisville Grows um, and then um, a little bit after that um, got connected to the conservation district when they were looking to hire somebody to focus on urban agriculture. What is something that folks misunderstand about your work that sometimes creates a barrier? Um, I think the, the fact that the conservation district has so few staff and so few folks um, working to support all of the conservation issues in our community um, mm-hmm. means that when I first got started, it was just me and um, and our uh, administrative secretary. And so I was the only person out in the community that was um, a representative from the conservation district. And so folks kind of expected from me that I was not only, um, you know, knowledgeable in my role working in urban agriculture, but also that I, you know, was a biologist and a soil scientist. (laughs) um, Right. uh, You know, so many other things that, um, that, that I wish we had, um, and that we absolutely need in our community. Um, But those things are definitely, um, you know, not, not my, not my area of expertise in terms of like that deep knowledge. Um, so I'm a grower, um, and, 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 and a teacher, um, is, is how I think about myself as well as a connector, I feel like. So, um, yeah, I think just, you know, you, you hear the, the term conservation district, um, and you learn about what our mission is in terms of protecting the natural resources in our area. And I think um, people just assume that you know those things um, or have a deeper knowledge. Uh-huh. Um, I'd like to talk more about this idea of community work, especially how um, as to uh, kind of what got you started with your issues of social justice. Can you help us connect the dots here between issues of social justice and what we do at the, at the conservation district? Well, the conservation district is set in community. I mean, our, I think Kurt also mentioned this in a previous podcast about 
how we are the like local extension almost of the natural resources conservation service and it is our role to have relationships with our neighbors um, in order to understand their resource concerns and be able to you know help them address those as well as connect them to other agencies that can help them address them and so I think the fact that we are just um, that we are really here to be rooted in community means that we need to um, to understand what it means what that means and to to really be work in a way that is very inclusive um, and and really is is being a um, a a listener and understanding what folks um, what folks are looking for, what folks you know are are challenged with, and how you know the the resources that we're connected to and the knowledge that we have can help them to to address those issues. What are some specific things that you have been able to offer to people through the conservation district that they didn't have foreknowledge of until you were able to connect with them? Ooh, um, well, this year's been such so. A yeah, maybe the year. last two but, years. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Okay. So, in terms of things that people might not have previously had knowledge of, one of the things that I have done in my role um, is to host um, workshops on. Um, rainwater catchment and installing rain barrels. And I really appreciate the folks who come out to those classes um, and sit there because it's not just, we're not just putting rain barrels together and I'm not just showing folks how to attach them to their homes. We also have a pretty good, um, we spend some, some good quality time talking about why water conservation is important in our community and what the specific challenges are that we face in Jefferson County around water quality. And I, I feel like every time um, we conclude one of those workshops, I get feedback that folks learn something that they really did not know before about the challenges and the um, that, that we have here in Jefferson County around just um, water quality. And so um, I always... I always really appreciate participating in those um, moments when I'm able to share, you know, something like that with folks and they, and they really feel, we always leave those workshops where folks feel like, or know of, you know, one or two easy actions that they can take to, to reverse those problems. Um, and so that would be one example. Um, I also, um, I, as part of my role um, with the conservation district, I chaired the Urban Agriculture Coalition, which got started in the fall of 2016 here in Louisville. And the the conservation, or the I'm sorry, the Urban Ag Coalition has been very um, intentional and thoughtful about um, what work we focus on um, and. In the last about year and a half, we've been really digging into some policy um, 
well, and also the 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 process of acquiring vacant land in Jefferson County for folks who want to do agriculture um, and want to grow, and um, there there have been in the last couple months. I think because definitely because of the pandemic and um, the the kind of feeling of food scarcity that a lot of people had, where they're just you know feeling more motivated to get out and produce food for themselves. There has been a lot more interest in um, getting gardens started and the process to access the properties that are owned by the city can be complicated. Um, And so we've been working to kind of demystify what that process looks like and help folks and just talk them through how, you know, they can actually get access to those vacant lots. And so um, so that's been something where the coalition was hearing from folks that they didn't know how to make that happen or they were having a hard time um, getting access to those properties. And part of it is that that is true. Some people are going through that process and they're actually not being successful and not um, not to fault of their own. They've provided everything that has been asked of them. And so we're trying to understand why, um, why that's happening as well and, and be an advocate and, 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 a, a, you know, a coalition of, of organizations that are saying we support what these folks are trying to do and um, however we can help them, you know, get access to this property. We want to be able to do that. So um, that's another um, piece that I've been participating in um, just in helping folks get to obtain knowledge around what that process looks like and how to navigate it. What are some of the barriers that people are hitting? Um, well, so in the past, um, one of the biggest barriers was access to water. Um, in order to apply to um, purchase a property um, or, or in order to be approved, I should say, um, there needed to be a um, reliable water resource on the property. But a lot of these um, vacant lots might be have previously had a home on them and they might still have a pipe that could be tapped for city water but there's no faucet on the property where you could just turn it on and water flows and the cost of installing that um, connection is around three thousand dollars which is (laughs) incredibly high um, if you were just trying to get a community garden started so that has been a, a, a pretty big barrier. The other thing has been um, just an increase in requirements for having like capital. If you were going to be, say, if I wanted to start an urban farm, um, the city has been requiring folks to have money in the bank to show that they could fund that agriculture project. Um, and so um, while some folks have had it, some folks haven't and, or haven't, and, and there's no, there, there hasn't been in the past a, a, you know, a minimum, like say you need to have this much money in order to, to, you know, show that you can do this. It's more of a, um, it's a little bit more subjective. So, um, so that's been a, a barrier as well. It sounds like a, an kind of an unfair moving target. To not even know like what you need to be striving for if that's a requirement. Yeah, we've been trying to navigate that because it did it seemed like that 
um, as well. And so um, the coalition has been communicating with what was formerly the Vacant and Abandoned Properties Administration and is now called the Office of Community Development at Metro Louisville. Um, and, and, you know, getting more detail from them about their process, as well as talking to folks who have been through the process of applying to purchase this land to understand, like, what was everything that, you know, you provided and what were they asking of you? And, and so we're really trying to, to see where the breakdown is happening, where folks just like aren't being successful. And actually now, and I'm not sure when this change happened, it's been in the last couple months, um, it seems you can no longer actually purchase those properties. There's only an option to lease them for agriculture projects. Um, so that to me um, is another issue because <laughs> when you can only have a three-year lease on a property and you're going to um, be creating either a community garden or building an, an urban farm, um, there's quite a lot of work that goes into that. And, and it's not just a matter of, um, you know, it's years that it takes to get a community garden established to the point that um, that folks are organized and they are they've come together as a community and they're, you know, getting, you know, they're starting their gardens. And so um, only having that land secured for three years is um, is a challenge to 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 go you know to dedicate time and and all of that energy to something that could just um could not be available to you three years later did they give a reason for why that was now the case um not that i know of um we're trying to understand what's going on around that and i'm not sure there's a there's one individual that's part of the coalition that's also um, on the policy working group of the Food and Neighborhoods Community Coalition, which the Urban Ag Coalition is is part of, and she's um, she's digging deeper into to what's go- why that change has been made. So I'm hoping that we'll learn more about that. How are we able to work with business owners in the area that want to participate in conservation efforts? In terms of urban agriculture work um, for businesses. Um, there are opportunities if they have space to offer, and I'm talking about like green space, um, Mm -hmm. to offer that property to somebody who's interested in cultivating it. We have some of the folks, um, in our community that have offered space. A lot of the, um, church community has offered land up to growers, um, to be able to cultivate that land, which means that there's, you know, a production happening on the property. And it's also reducing costs for that church or business um, in this case um, to, you know, for maintenance. Um, So that's been a partnership that I've seen growing in our community around just if you have that land that you can make available. Um, We've also, um, the, the coalition has the last couple of years been working with 
the library um, and the how-to festival that they um, that they organize. And we've come as a partner um, to cultivate and um, I guess the, maybe the word would be curate like more workshops that are focused on gardening and, agri- and urban agriculture and food. And we've um, had businesses sponsor our um, information tent at the how-to festival where we get to promote um, businesses that the ones that have sponsored have been, you know, kind of uh, nursery businesses or um, like slow food bluegrass that's doing work in the community um, to support kind of gardening and slow food. Um, And we've, you know, been able to promote those businesses um, with their sponsorship of that um, event. Um, And there's always opportunities for folks to volunteer. I know that there are a lot of um, businesses that provide either do like a community day where they'll take their employees um, and, and go, um, you know, do work in the community to support the community um and through the conservation district like we can connect businesses to those opportunities if they're looking for um you know projects to help with um and they are specifically interested in um improving the natural environment or um urban agriculture work um or supporting food justice like the coalition and the conservation district are connected to many organizations that do that work and so um we can help folks navigate and find opportunities, you know, to get engaged. Find out where they belong. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Last question. And I want you to dream as big as possible. If somebody came to us at the district tomorrow and said, here's a million dollars, go crazy. What, what are some projects that you would see happen? Um, so I would love to see us, take that funding and actually purchase the land where a lot of the community gardens are um, operating in our community in order to secure that land for those growers um, would be the first thing that I would love to see. Um, we, We have the majority of folks who are gardening in community garden plots um or the majority of those properties are not owned by those um entities um like the extension office that manages 10 community gardens in our community and common earth gardens um and so you know those folks have some leases um most of them are short-term leases and it would be fantastic to have um those properties purchased and just be set aside permanently for food production um, and for those community gardens to operate. Um, I'd also uh, love to, we actually were talking about this today um, in our staff meeting, but to see um, Gagel Farms, it's been for sale Mm -hmm. for many years. um, That's um, in the Pleasure Ridge Park neighborhood to continue to be a farm and you know it's um land is very expensive in jefferson county farmland because it is valued um with the same as development um so 
an acre, you know, is worth about 175,000, 140 to 175,000 dollars. And so if you wanted to farm, you're going to pay the same amount as you would for somebody who wanted to build homes there. And so um, I'd love to be able to see that property may be continue to be a farm. Um, it's 10 acres, you know, and, and um, it would be fantastic to have that be a place where people could produce and also learn about agriculture. And um, so that would be fantastic. Um, so basically what we're saying, if there's any businesses out there who really want to have their name on a nice sign, we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Land security is um, is something that we we need to um, figure out how to do better. Yeah. Um, and it's you know it it it's very um, it's very important for I think us as a community to support those who are interested in teaching and farming and producing food um, to support them to be able to do that for the long term. And one way to do that is to provide the land for that to happen in a way that's not just for short term, but for long term. Yeah. Um, um, what virtual projects are you doing or hosting that can start connecting people so that when we can meet in person again, they have a gardening community? Awesome. I'm so glad you asked me this. So we have um, the coalition. So there's a couple things that have happened since um, since the pandemic. Um, there are some, you know, people are starting to create videos to teach instead of um, being in person to be able to do that because like the extension um, office here in the community usually hosts um, trainings at the community gardens around town and they have some great videos and we've done some um, videos on our YouTube channel um, to replace uh, certain things that we would usually teach about like that rain barrel class I was mentioning before. Um, but we also have started the city growers virtual chat hour, um, which happens every Friday uh, from noon to 1 p.m. as a way for folks to get together and just talk about what's happening in their gardens, to share, to ask questions for folks who may not have ever planted a seed before, you know, to, to come on and meet people who have and to ask their, you know, question. No question is a silly question. Um, so if folks are interested in joining that conversation, they can um, contact me and they can also go to the um, coalition's website to the calendar. And there's a link there to register. It's um, foodinneighborhoods.org. Um, and on that homepage, there's a link um, to the calendar of events. And every Friday is listed the, the chat and you can just click and register for the Zoom call. Um, and it's, we keep it very informal. It's, you know, it's really just a chance to meet folks. And actually, um, two weeks ago I was hosting and there are two women that I know that didn't know each other, um, that, that were the only folks that were on the call. And I was, I remember seeing them both log in and being so excited that they had logged in because I was just so excited they were going to meet each other and learn about e what each other um, is doing in the community with their urban ag projects, because I just knew that um, they would have this, like, it was just going to be 
so worthwhile for them to know each other. And so you, because you knew there was magic. Absolutely. I knew there was going to be magic. Um, so I basically just sat there for the whole hour and they just talked and it was so great. <laughs> and I felt like such a third wheel, but I was like, I'm just so happy you guys are meeting each other. Um, so, um, you know, those, so, so that happens, but we also last week just spent the whole time just chatting about fall gardens and what folks were going to be planting in the fall and what you could plant. So um, so it's a fun, it's a fun time to connect with the growing community in Louisville and, and get to know each other and, and see each other virtually when we can't get together in person. So yeah. if, um, if folks have more questions for you, what is your email address? And I'll put it in the show notes as well, but. Okay. My email address is urban ag conservationist at gmail.com. Easy enough. All right. Well, thanks so much for your time today, Lilius. Have a good afternoon. Absolutely. You too, Erin. Thanks for joining us today, everyone. If you have further questions for Lilius, don't be afraid to reach out. You can find any of us on the Conservation District website at jeffcd.org. Also, if you would be so kind as to share this so we can extend our reach and help further the goals of conservation in Jefferson County and in Kentucky, we would really appreciate it. Talk to you soon.